0: Do you pride yourself on finding the best deals and savings? Yes, it's me. I'm raising my hand. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop. Get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every single category, including fashion, beauty, home essentials, travel, dining, and so much more. Shop brands like Macy's, Adidas, YSL Beauty, Samsung Petco, just to name a few. Plus, membership is free and it's easy to sign up cashback rates change daily. Here's how it works. Stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and then Rakuten shares a commission with its members via check or PayPal quarterly, and you better believe how exciting it is when your PayPal alerts you that you've gotten money. It's no wonder Rakuten has 17 million members who are already saving. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com, or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cashback really adds up. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you, but I'm on the French team this year. Come on folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time. And that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta stones, a lifetime membership for 50% off visit Rosetta slash drink. That's Rosetta slash drink. All right. Take it away, Christine. Right. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> our new podcast gosh we're such losers this is episode one um i'm so nervous maybe we should say what it's called uh this is called and that's why i drink that's why we drink shit that's why we drink (laughs) and that is a perfect example of why we drink uh so great start to our podcast this is episode one um yes it is how would you like to describe this podcast well and that's probably our parents yeah probably because no one else is listening yet mom and dad um (laughs) so this podcast is about why we drink um well we what so I I guess I should say I drink milkshakes specifically. Sure, yes. And I drink just anything with alcohol in it. (laughs) So we just cover all of the calories. Right, exactly. In in two people. Yeah, and, you know, we were thinking about uh, why we drink, and there are a lot of reasons uh, to be drinking milkshakes (laughs) and or wine. Um, I think, well, specifically, uh, the reason I drink as the reason you drink is because... We really like murdering ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the world is a scary place. So uh that's mainly why we drink, and that's mainly what we're gonna talk about in this podcast. Exactly. Uh so M over here. Yeah. Or do you wanna be called Emily? Oh no. M. Oh yeah. So M over here. Uh gotcha. she's gonna be covering the paranormal side of, of why we drink. That's the truth. hmm And you're gonna cover Anything true and bloody? That is right. And my name is Christine. <laughs> good for you, by the way. <laughs> I well, introduce you. Oh, whoops. So we're M and Christine. We are. We're Christine and M. You know, whichever you prefer. Yeah. I was gonna make a like a celebrity nickname for us, but there's not a good one. Oh, crime. <laughs> like crime. No, oh, it's oh. stupid. Let's oh. not stick with that. Okay. Well, moving on. What is there? Anything uh, before we just. Well, do you want to talk about what you're drinking tonight? Just like your drink of choice for the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just before I'm, we get started. I mean, I'm just going with a, a simple a simple chocolate-based milkshake classic, today. classic. With whipped cream. Uh, oh. I wanted to make it a special well, no, occasion. all the stops, yeah. And I see you're already down a whole well, drink. Half <laughs> of one. <laughs> we, uh, So my drink of choice this evening is a lovely, uh, a lovely red box. <coughs> <coughs> from good old Trader Joe's. <laughs> boxed comes from a box made of cardboard, but it's good for the environment. My my milkshake came from a fast food restaurant, so it probably also came out of a box. Exactly, so Uh, we're doing a good job. Just to specify, it's a Cabernet Sauvignon in California. Good Mm -hmm. because the last time I asked you what you were drinking, you didn't even know it was just just a box. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so should we talk about how we? became friends or oh. how we got in how we realized we're both sick in the head sure we both have problems <laughs> <laughs> and we have mutual <laughs> respect for one another's well problems. i don't really remember i don't remember how we told each other that we both like this, kind this of is stuff. true i mean because we i know uh we became friends in here or in boston we knew I each mean, other in boston. we went to grad school in boston together before moving out to la right and we separately moved out to LA, sure. and then we were the only people we knew, so we just became friends by right, force. Just, it worked, and then it, and then luckily we were both into really gory, horrible right, murders. Right, just everything bad. Yeah, so it really cemented <laughs> our friendship. <laughs> uh, I think the first time we ever actually talked about this stuff was Halloween. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, because you wanted me to come over and tell you ghost stories. Yeah, I just demanded it really, and I was like, "Come tell me ghost stories." I didn't have a milkshake, but you certainly had your wine. I always I I do. <laughs> um, so, uh, I think that was the first time we talked about it. But then I realized you were one of my people. Cause oh, so um, <laughs> is there before we get into stories? Is there a personal murder or anything like that that you are? Oh, let me tell you about a personal murder. <laughs> I mean, like a person, a personal like. Like, what was the story that, like, caught your eye and got you into this stuff? Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, my. There were probably a lot of those. Um, What's, like, the first one where you were just like, yes, this is this is where my interests mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. lie officially? You know, I've always been interested in serial killers. Um, okay. okay. Like, since birth. So, anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> preschool, you know, I had an affinity for... Uh, Blood and gore. That means you're a little bit of a sis I I think the thing was that I found out about Reddit, and I found these... My brother told me about these subreddits, Unsolved Mysteries, Mm -hmm. um, True Crime, Like, Let's Not Meet. And I was like, I just spent all hours of the night reading them. And it was a problem, and it still is. So here we are (laughs) today. We're making making good out of... Yeah. We're making lemonade out of lemons. I'm trying anyway. Uh, I've always been into the paranormal since I... Can remember I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of shit in my I've day. A lot of shit. And is uh, way cooler than mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw my first ghost when I was seven. Oh my God. God. and it's just gotten extra neat every time yeah, I see my ghost. Sense. I just want to hear you talk about that all day. So I decided to start looking into other ghost. Stories. love it. Anyway. And here we are combining our mutual... Before we start drinking specifically about murder and things we can't escape, like death. mm mm-hmm. uh, there any personal reasons why you drink this week? Oh, let's think about that. <laughs> How have you disappointed your parents I- today? <laughs> the ways I've disappointed my parents um, and reasons why I drink. I would say <clears throat> this week I drink because... I have an improv show tomorrow, and it's terrorizing me. I'm so nervous I, for you. I'm so nervous. I'm not even going to be there, and I, <laughs> I feel like I'm no. going to know in my heart when you get on the stage, <laughs> and, and I'm going to be shh, like my core is going to be rocked. I'm going to be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not it's almost be as if I'm on the stage. <laughs> but yeah, you know, we'll see how it goes. Well, I'll let you know t- like tomorrow if I've disappointed, you know, everyone and anyone that I know. I mean, in my performance. <laughs> Good luck. Thanks. Uh, I'm drinking on a personal level because I lost my credit card. Oh, God, that's a tough one. Uh, and it, if it weren't for my mother to get me out of yet another jam in my life. They always do. Uh, I was going to have the bank. I basically was going to go without money for a week, and I have $40 to my name, and my <laughs> gas tank is really empty, and I live in <laughs> L.A., so 40 bucks is just about one tank of gas. We'll get you to work and back one time. Yeah. So uh, that was how I disappointed my mom, where she ended up texting me, and she was like, do you need me to do this for you? Do you need me to fix your problem? I was like, yes, you do. You know the answer to that. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> uh, Why else do you, what am I drinking? There's so many reasons. Uh, there's a, a good amount. A plethora. Uh, As oh, here's one. I'm about to move. Oh, wow, yeah. And I haven't told my roommate yet that I'm leaving. Awkward. And I'm leaving pretty darn soon. So it's going to be in his hands to find someone. And the longer I wait, the longer, the shorter time he has to find someone. So I, I mean, I already feel bad for what I'm doing to him and he doesn't know it yet. I mean, we can make this like always we've disappointed our roommates because that also is like a pretty, <laughs> or ourselves. pretty telling So Every day I wake up and I'm like, ugh, not married See yet. Me again. <laughs> every time my mom <laughs> texts me. You found anyone? i just gulp down a milkshake <laughs> this is <laughs> and that's why we drink folks <laughs> uh, all right well let's move on to some good the meat of the podcast meat and potatoes oh yeah Who are you feeling murder are you feeling i feel like i want to hear your story i feel like i'm just, I've got such a good I'm one just, too i've got such a good one it's aching to hear it oh my goodness okay well i'm gonna whip out my my whip notes out, baby all right I'm, uh, i brought multiple on notes of multiple kinds. I have like a blues clues handy dandy notebook. Oh, great. And I've got several pages of notes oh, here. Google pad. Yeah. Well, I'm going to pour myself a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> a get the <Cabernet>. <laughs> Uh all right. And settle in for So, I'm going to ask you before I get into this. And I hope you say yes because I don't have another story to you. Uh how do you feel about rich women building mazes out of castles to run away from ghosts well I actually have strong feelings about that Ben well, <laughs> what I'm, I'm a- God's name are you talking I'm about, about to tell you all about your future this, I was going to say <laughs> this really sounds like something out of my personal diary let's dive right into the Winchester Mystery House oh I'm so ready this is a place I love I've been there I went with a friend where is it it's in San Jose, okay. which is only a couple hours from us. Yeah. Um, it is a national landmark. I feel like I should bring that up because people will be like, will it be up forever? And I, yeah, now it certainly will. It will. Um, except well, California's do for north, like so. <laughs> we'll see. it will be in the ocean soon. Um, all right, so let's get right into the mystery house. Tell me. Also known as the spirit house. And I didn't know this. It's one of the most haunted houses in America. Mm-hmm. Even better. I didn't even know ghosts were involved until I researched this. I'm so ready. And then I, it went from zero to 60. Yeah. All right. The Winchester family. Have you heard of Winchester rifles? The gun? I have. Okay. This is a family about them. Okay. Or this is about their family. Wow. How maybe a milkshake of <laughs> you? <laughs> maybe I need to take a nap. <laughs> Let's do it after I tell the story, though. Um, all right. William Winchester was the treasurer of that company. Um, his father was one of the founders, so he, so they're both involved in this. Mm -hmm. Um, he married a girl named Sarah, who becomes the main character of this story. And, uh, this is in New Haven, Connecticut. I liked that this story, very serendipitous, I think, because we met in Boston. We did. And Boston has a little cameo in here. Ooh. And it ends in California, just like us. Oh my gosh, how fitting. I, I, I do what I can. (laughs) So, William Winchester married Sarah, and they lived in New Haven, Connecticut, and they had a daughter, uh, who died pretty, Aww. pretty quickly. Sad. Um, she did, I think, only a couple weeks after her birth. Oh. Yeah. So she died, like, right away. Really? So oh. that immediately puts Sarah, our main character, uh, in quite a spiral now that she's childless. Understandable. Um, from there, uh, in 1881, because this is a long time ago. In 1881, uh, William and his father-in-law, who's also involved in the company, Mm -hmm. they both die within like a week of each other. And those were like her only family. So she's got her daughter dead, her husband dead, and her father-in-law dead. So here's the upside, besides being widowed and childless. Mm -hmm. She inherits all of both of their share. Oh, wow. So this girl inherited almost 50% of the company. And a fortune of get that wine glass ready because you're gonna wish you were her. <laughs> she gets a fortune of at the time twenty million dollars, which in today's world is five hundred million dollars. Oh my god. god! And she gets that in a lump sum, and then after that earns a daily income of a thousand dollars a day, which in today's world, because I checked with an inflation calculator, <laughs> uh, is about is just over twenty five thousand dollars a day. I hate my life. <laughs> Oh, that glass is mysteriously update now. <laughs> yeah. It will be soon. Uh, so imagine just you know waking up one day, checking your bank account. You got five hundred million, and then every day for the rest of your life, you make twenty five thousand extra dollars. I can't even imagine. It would be a nice time, except ghosts are also involved. So well, get ready to. Also, that. your whole family's dead. But you know, yeah, she has no one to share with. But that also means more Pins money and cons. for cons. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so with all this money. You would think her life's going well, but she is crazy depressed because her sure. family's just all dead. Sure. Um, and she still lives in Connecticut at this time and gets, uh, basically she's so depressed, she doesn't know what to do. She thinks that there's a curse on the family. Mm-hmm. And so she goes to a medium no. in Boston, known as the Boston Medium, apparently. Because in the 1880s, maybe there was just one. <laughs> the only one. So the Boston Medium... Uh, he tells her that uh, she was right that the family's cursed and it's haunted by all of the spirits of people who have died from the Winchester guns. Oh. So, any Appar- apparently Indians at oh the time, my God. Uh, any Civil War soldiers, and any people that just got. A lot of people. A whole darn lot of people. So, uh, he says that the only way to appease the spirits is to move West and build a house for them and it's oh, very specific it, i think so and also it makes me wonder did he just do this just to be like let's see if she does it right that's what i'm thinking like, i mean if you're a medium in the 1800s which probably you didn't need a lot of proof right you could just walk <laughs> around and be like a tlc show, show. to be like right you could probably just be like oh i'm a medium by the way and the boston I, medium <laughs> I'm, not really specific. I'm the only one who's claiming it so i guess i'm the one and i can make you move out to california let you just get out of my hair the ghosts are after you. Like, all these American Indians just want you dead. I think he, he was having a bet amongst himself, and could be. Anyway. So that's a weird request, but. Anyway. So he said, go west, and so she ended up moving to what is now San Jose. Okay. I don't know what it was then. I think, <clears throat> I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's San Jose now. Yep. Um, and it, apparently there was some other reason that. Like, documents say that she moved for some other reason, like her sister was moving out there, so she followed, or something like that. But I think those are the skeptics trying to make up stuff. I see. Because her her sister who moved out with her didn't hang out for very long. Oh, so Yeah. Okay. Maybe because she found out her sister's crazy. Let's find out why. So in 1884, (laughs) she's now in San Jose, and uh, she bought a farmhouse uh, with eight bedrooms, which, by the end of the story, eight bedrooms sounds like... Nothing. It sounds like it's not a big house at all. Um, and she started construction immediately. She started construction, and it did not end. Oh, this is the other thing I forgot to tell you. The Boston medium says, you have to build a house at west for them, and if construction were to ever stop, you will be the next one to die. What? Yeah. That's actually a pretty- What's this guy's deal? Or is it a lady? Oh. The medium. Uh, the medium is a boy. His name is Anna, Adam McCoons. I feel like he has some issues. Maybe one of his parents were killed with a Wooden Chester rifle. Oh, could be. And he's like, all right, let's, let's do this. So uh, he says construction has to be going on nonstop or else you'll die. So she buys this farmhouse and construction begins immediately. And until she died 38 years later... 24 hours a day seven days a week 365 days a year for 38 years this house had non-stop construction what? like what there were they were, doing they I uh, you will soon find out <laughs> you are jumping ahead of <laughs> I'm <at> me so <laughs> construction around the clock which by the way i would fucking hate yeah why yeah why i like, imagine trying to sleep in this house and you just have like nails was, like, hammering. and hammering yeah yeah It was 1800, so I I can't imagine there were power tools, but, you know, there's still... Hammers and stuff like that. I mean, it was going to be annoying no matter what. So, here's the thing. She was still paranoid about the spirits uh, coming to get her or finding her in the house or having, maybe, in her world, maybe they tricked the medium and so they were going to build a house and then they were going to kill her anyway. So she built this house Since it had to be nonstop For sure. essentially her life She was like I might as well Just build whatever The fuck I want And so she built uh, it's, She built it So it, that it's so complex And so bizarre And so out there That her hope was To trick the ghosts Into never finding her Well that makes A lot of sense Let me just read A couple Question things right? Let me just read A couple things To blow your mind So the house Starting was on six acres It was an eight-bedroom house on six acres. The house ended up being six acres. Oh, god. Uh, It was 24,000 square feet with seven floors only, and I say only because originally there were five to 600 bedrooms or different rooms in general, and it dwindled down to 160. Casual. Ten thousand windows, two thousand doors, fifty-two skylights, forty-seven fireplaces, forty of the one hundred sixty rooms were bedrooms, forty staircases, thirteen bathrooms, six kitchens, three elevators, two basements, and one shower. One shower in thirteen bathrooms. Okay, forty bedrooms. <coughs> I think I think in the eighteen eighties, a shower was like very That's bougie. That's true. You couldn't just throw those around That's like you could throw point. around two thousand doors. 40 bedrooms. So. <laughs> But let's also talk about, it's not just a giant mansion. Oh, also a fun fact about this was uh, last year, originally they were saying for the last 40, 50 years that there was 160 rooms left. Mm-hmm. In October, they found another hidden room. Creepy. No, the creepy part is when they opened up the room, the only thing that was in there was an old Victorian couch and a antique doll staring at the door. I... I fucking knew you were going to say it was a doll, and I was like, no way. I swear to you. Are you kidding with me? The house also was took 20,000 gallons of paint, and one, if you did the whole house, it took 20,000 gallons of paint. So let's talk about not just how much and how big the sizes were of this place. I'm going to tell you about some of the things that she did to trick these ghosts. You ready? I'm ready. There were trap doors, false passageways, stairs that lead to the ceiling, They've- stairs that lead to the walls. Doors that open into walls, so you just open a door and there's cement or brick there. Uh, Windows in the middle of the room, so you could just, like, walk a 360 around the window. Uh, Windows that looked out into nothing, like they just looked into a a random corridor. Uh, A skylight in the floor, skylights between floors, so you could, like, walk in and look down and see another floor. Uh... Uh, what else? There were, oh, there were, like, all the posts, like, let's say, like, on the top of a railing, there was, like, a, like, a post that ended to be all pretty, upside down. What? Like, or they'd be, like, sticking out of walls. Okay. Um, she had chimneys that were either so tall that they would go through, like, four floors, or chimneys that were too short, and you could see between the chimney and the ceiling, and it never actually, like, opened up. It was just a giant brick chimney that led to nothing. Um... How is she directing these people? She was just like make hash. She team. was probably you and just drinking a lot of boxed wine. She was like, <laughs> throw a door there." Yeah. <laughs> that is <laughs> gonna be me someday. <laughs> uh, there was also a séance room for her to communicate to the ghosts with. So she wanted to communicate. She, with them. I think, was communicating to be like, "Is this good enough for you? Is this good?" I would. I thought she was hiding from them, but she also wanted to please. I think maybe she had a central hub. I understand. Um, I've been to this house and I'm telling you, it's a trip. Like it, everything I read to you is true. I can't even imagine what it would. It was the craziest thing. And I went on, they have different types of tours. They have like a flashlight tour at night that they mm-hmm. do during like Halloween. They have like a grand estate tour. Cause there's also like greenhouses and gardens. They, she has a ballroom that cost $9,000 back then when a house cost less than $1,000. Oh my oh God. So she had a ballroom like ten times as extravagant as a house. So is it like a museum now? Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh now the like the original caretakers of it, um, now their sons and grandsons are the people who run it. Like it's like stayed in the family to like maintain it. So is it haunted? It certainly is. So uh in let's see, where was I? In nineteen oh six there was an earthquake. And she uh, got trapped in one of her 40 bedrooms because one of them was bound to trap her. Uh, and she took it as a sign that the, the spirits thought that she was spending too much money decorating and not enough time, like, focusing on why she was trying to appease them or something like that. So she told them to seal up that whole section of the house, which is where they found that hidden room. Oh. And, uh, and then she just moved away. And she would visit regularly to, like, make sure that they were still like building the- out of the house. She moved out of the house. Oh, okay. Um, and she did, and then she would come back all the time to, like, make sure they were still doing construction, because if they stopped, then she thought she was going to die. So uh, after that, she stayed out um, of the house. Out of She didn't live in the house, but for the next 16 years, she would visit every day. And um, she'd, then she, she'd keep giving them lavish ideas of what she needed to do. And... Um, like she would do things uh, where she would tell uh, like one of the one of the maintenance workers, I want you to paint the entire room like red walls, red floor, red ceiling, red doors, everything red. And then as soon as he finished, she would be like, tearing it up, paint everything oh white, my like God. just to give them something she to sounds do. Sounds like a nightmare. I mean, she sounds like the producers we work with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was gonna say, I recommend. <laughs> He's like, do the impossible. Now do it again. <laughs> Did it all wrong. Uh, but so she, like she would have them build. That's why originally there was, like, five or 600 rooms, because they would build them just to tear them down, just to rebuild them, just to make them look entirely different. Because all all that she was told was they have to keep working on it. That's nuts. So, uh, in 1922, she
1: died at 83. So, she beat those ghosts to it.
0: (laughs) She certainly did her job. And construction ended at that point. But the weird thing is, like, I guess... The people that did maintenance on the house for 38 years were the same people the entire time. So, like, they knew her inside and out. Sure. And I guess they also had experienced some paranormal stuff going on in there because I guess they all had an understanding that the second that she died, um, that they had to stop construction entirely because that otherwise there's no point in building right. it anymore. So when she died, like, they stopped like mid hammering a nail. And so like if you go into the museum, you can still see nails that are half driven in right. from where people found out that she died. And um oh my when God. they when she ended up leaving, she uh, or when she leaving Earth, <laughs> uh, leaving our this world, planet. she uh they ended up taking all the furniture out. I guess like in her will, she gave everything to like a niece or something. And uh she uh <laughs> excuse me, when they were taking everything out, like all the furniture. Uh, it took eight truckloads a day for six and a half weeks to get everything out of that house. Because when you have like a thousand rooms, oh my god! And you and you lavishly decorate every single one of them. Like imagine how much stuff is in there. And they left the. And, I mean, but keep in mind. Like, let's not forget, she made twenty five thousand dollars a day, and she had. So she was just spending money. Like she was just buy the most like, like golden Victorian couches. Like, that a prince sat on, I'm sure. So, she, um, once they moved everything out, uh, new people just bought it, it, I guess, like, ten years later, and turned it into an attraction, made it a landmark, and then it became open to the public. Okay. Um, before I get into the specific ghosts, I do want to tell you another weird thing about her, which, in that list of chaos... That made up her house. I did say that she has 13 bathrooms. Um, She had a weird thing about the number 13, and a lot of the house had characteristics of 13 in it. So let's get into that. Um, Creepy. So uh, the entrance hall, one of many, I presume, uh, they were all divided into 13 sections. Uh, all of the stairs had thirteen steps, which it actually is common in a lot of houses. But hers were like tiny steps. Like even if there didn't need to be steps, like she would make thirteen little tiny steps go up, so you had to go down little t- thirteen <laughs> little steps to be in the same room. Creepy. Um, she had uh, like windows had thirteen uh, window panes, um, wall panels. There were there were thirteen. Oh, there were thirteen wall panels. Per room before reaching the 13th bathroom and in the 13th bathroom there were 13 windows with 13 panes that all had 13 candles and every banister had 13 railings the elevators had 13 panels the greenhouse had 13 like glass little like what is it called like a cupola 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 francis ford (laughs) (laughs) that's that's a person wrong. wrong no the thing that's like it like pops out of a roof a chimney sure. it's right. not but i'm just okay. sure. couple, of, couple of. i'm not sure either of us we're, know what we're talking about we have master's degrees. <laughs> not in were, vocabulary in case you guys were wondering um 13 holes in all of her drains all the ceilings had 13 tiles on, on them the chandeliers all had 13 bulbs or like like actual sure. candles and i guess the way that they were all manufactured then is they all had 12 and she would have every chandelier that came into that house and be installed with an extra spot and, um, the seance room had 13 hooks for 13 different robes that she would wear for every 13 meetings that she had with the ghosts to be like, the don't kill me. Oh my. And, uh, when she died, this is the weirdest part. When she died, um, she had, uh, she had 13 sections to her will and she signed it 13 times. So what with the 13? Is that like, I, I don't know. Anybody... I looked everywhere. There's a theory that, um... People were just looking for 13s everywhere to, like, make her sound crazier than she was. But, I mean, she already looks pretty crazy. I mean, that's a lot of... Thir- I mean, if she had people install a 13th... I mean, though, no, like, people are saying that they went in after she died and did all of this shit oh, to the house. That seems like a lot of work to... I think so. Make somebody look... I don't know. But, so anyway, let's get into the ghosts. This is just a couple of the paranormal things that have happened... To not just the people who worked there, but um, the visitors now, okay. because there there are no documents of her actually having experiences herself with the ghost. She like refused to like put them on paper. I don't know. Um, but when it comes to like all of the people that worked there, they all reported stuff. Like sure. I mean, they all stayed with her for like forty years. If I didn't think the place was actually haunted, and I was working for someone who made me like build like a labyrinth every day. I'd be like, no, see ya. Yeah, and also she had a séance room, so yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. If I had to build a séance room and didn't believe there were ghosts in that house, I would have left. So people who stay there for like forty years and then their ancestors are now working there, yeah, there's something I think something's going up. <clears throat> so this is the common thing that most people experience. The first one is temporary blindness. Uh, what? People like on tours just stop seeing. That's terrifying. Yeah. I don't know about it, but there have been multiple. Th- I did my research. I, let's just say I called the house today and I was like, what's going on? And they're like, yeah, people literally in the middle of the, and the, I wanna call it a maze, but I guess it's a tour. Um, <laughs> They'll they'll just like freak out and be like, "Is it dark in here? Did you turn all the lights off?" And they're like, "Oh no, this is normal. Like, you're just blind. <laughs> you're just blind now." Uh, I see chills like not just cold spots, but cold followings. Like I see chills that mm. won't, won't leave them alone. Um, they'll get like handprints on their arms, oh like someone God. was holding on to them while they walked around. Um, they'll hear organ music, which is something that she played. Apparently, she had arthritis, so she played the organ to like keep circulation in she her hands had. or something. Uh, a lot of moving lights and specifically big red flashes of light in her room. Ooh, what does that mean? I don't know. Red isn't a good color, usually. Yeah, it seems ominous. Uh, okay, so in the seance room in 1975, uh, one paranormal investigator brought a bunch of reporters and they did a seance in her seance room. Why? Because people are fucking crazy. So, uh, the reporter, and this is a quote, um... The, the investigator her name was Jean Borgen, Borgen 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 and the reporter wrote in I guess it got like, kind of published in some sort of uh, investigative not journal like nothing that great but like a magazine sure uh, it said uh, Borgen's face aged right in front of my eyes her hair grayed and she formed deep crease lines in her forehead she experienced staggering pain and was unable to walk and right before she passed out she screamed help me someone get me out of here and then she passed out and all of the reporters just sat there probably crying their eyes out or probably pooping terri- their pants yeah. one of one of the all two of the above probably um, god yeah so I just think that's pretty interesting. That is terrifying. <laughs> Another thing is uh, employees will regularly hear their name throughout the house when they're like closing up, and they're, they have to go through that goddamn nope. castle by nope. themselves. Nope. Um, the kitchens there's six of them. Uh, they also they all smell like soup. Like if you like if you walk through, sometimes you'll smell soup like it's cooking over a stove. And they took the stove out, but where the stove used to be, sometimes people will feel like like hot spots, as if oh like soup God. is cooking. Did she just really like soup? Is that? I don't know. But can you imagine <laughs> making soup like on floor 1 and you want to go eat it on floor 7, by the time you get there it's cold. <laughs> floor 7. <It's> so frustrating. <laughs> um in bedroom 860 <laughs> <laughs> So, uh the caretakers at Verel when they lock all the doors at night, they'll regularly go back to like check like a couple hours later. Like they have like nonstop Shifts, security. Yeah. And all the doors will be unlocked and the doors are wide open. Oh, great. Um, another thing is one caretaker heard the sound. Like, he had to, like, monitor a room because apparently lost, like there was talk of stuff going on in there. Mm-hmm. Like, people just felt really weird. And so they had someone stay. I think this wasn't actually a caretaker. I think it was someone from, an, like, a, a paranormal team that sure. went in and did a lockdown. Um, he heard what sounded like a screw coming undone for, like, five minutes. And then he, like, just ignored it. And... A couple minutes later, like three screws fell from the ceiling, like just fell like right in front of him. Oh After he, he wait, heard them they were turning, screwing themselves—that's terrifying. I know. Can you imagine if you're again on floor one and like all of a sudden the whole house just falls on you? Well, that's great. That's just great. So the last paranormal experience that was worth mentioning is uh, when so. <clears throat> when they started doing tours in the 2000s, mm-hmm. uh, they wanted to do a quote behind the scenes tour. And so they were opening up like the basement, other places that were usually like you couldn't get access to them on the tour. Um, and one of the things that they used to have the employees do when they weren't giving tours is they would have to like clean out those places. Okay. While they were uh, like sweeping and organizing it to like get it tour ready. Uh, that it, I guess it was a couple months of them getting everything ready and they had a bunch of maintenance people around that were new hires just to help temporarily. And everyone kept seeing this guy in, like, a hat with, like, white um, white worker clothes and, like, coveralls and a mustache, and he was carrying around a wheelbarrow a lot. Like everyone saw him with a wheelbarrow. Um, and people kept going up to their supervisors being like, who's that guy? Like I, He doesn't talk to anyone. Like, he just always kind of hangs out in the back. And every time, they were like, I have a list right here of everyone working. No one, I don't know who that guy is. Like, I don't know who you're talking about. I haven't seen him, but he's not on the list. Oh, my God. And probably four or five people kept saying, there's a guy with a mustache in white coveralls, and he's always with a wheelbarrow walking around, like, in the garden with us, like, getting everything ready. And uh, so they kept digging out this basement to like get ready for the tour Uh and they were pulling out all this old stuff that was never really seen before and one of the pictures he was in oh yes and they still have that picture they have it they have it hanging now in the basement that they show people and he's apparently like right in the picture and they're like this guy watched us get the basement ready that's terrifying yeah i got chills i'm glad spooky that was the whole point of this anyway the end the Winchester Mystery House. And, and that's, that's why one. I drink. <laughs> we'll work on that, guys. <laughs> we'll get it. <laughs> we'll get it someday. Oh, that, that milkshake's tasty. Now, enlighten me on this murder. All right. Here we go. Tonight, I'm going to tell everyone about the Jonestown Massacre. Yes. I know. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I know this is a well-known one, but... I love it. I will tell you that I don't know everything about it. Yeah. But... Every, everyone knows something. I just feel like there's a lot of weird details that maybe not everybody knows. I believe you. You know? Also, we grew up... I, th- I feel like our parents grew up at a time where it was right. definitely heard about. And now we kind of hear it secondhand as if it used to be, like, a popular thing. Exactly. Like, you hear, like, trick like, the Kool-Aid, but yeah, yeah. not everybody knows where that comes from. Exactly. Well, I guess it comes from Jonestown. Tell me all about you it. You would be right. I'm okay. Excited. So well, speaking of crazy people. Um, I'm ready. Yeah. So there was this guy named Jim Jones. He was from Indiana. And where um, they all come from, that, by the way. <laughs> See, it all started started in the Midwest. You know who else comes from Indiana? Eleven from Stranger Things. Yeah. And, you know, I'm from Ohio next door. I'm not. So, so I, I dodged that bullet. Yeah. Now. The Midwest is, you know, a scary place. Take it away. Um, so, in 1956, this guy named Jim Jones uh, decided he was going to start this cool cult, um, which I guess he probably didn't describe as a cult. I'm pretty sure he described it as a church, quote-unquote. a neat club. Yeah, fun club for everyone. Um, it was called the People's Temple. Um, so, he wanted to build this sort of utopia, and he called it communist, and he said, you know, this is... I want everyone to be. He adopted all these, like, interracial kids and wanted just inclusion of you know all races and mm-hmm. ethnicities um so in 1966 10 years later he moved uh, his church to california um and started he actually the way the way he made enough money to um establish this church was actually mm-hmm. by selling imported monkeys door to door as pets oh. um you know the way we all do. I, I was gonna say I think he sold a job out from under me. <laughs> <But> <laughs> making ends meet. <laughs> I, we are all doing something in California to make the money work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What you're telling me is he just joined the LA struggle. <laughs> if <laughs> there one were, of us. Maybe. If there were monkeys to sell, I would sell we them would, in a heartbeat. Yes, and I'd probably buy one because that's the kind of thing I do with my money. Um, uh, I I wouldn't take one because there's bread to be made there, and I, <laughs> with the money I make, I don't I can't afford a monkey. Yeah, I can certainly afford to sell one. We could, we'll look into that. Did, after. did they tell you at all how much the monkey cost? Or was he selling didn't. like black market? You know, I think they were black market. It said they were imported, and he was selling them as exotic pets. So I imagine it wasn't the most, you know, governmentally uh, overseen. The project. thing that the thing that is interesting to me immediately is that you said fifty six, nineteen fifty six. Yes, sixty six at this point. point, nineteen sixty six. Yes i don't know like when i think of the 60s because i wasn't there i just think of like i I guess a bunch of hippies but never in a book did i see a single monkey okay listen i got something for you okay so my stepmom who may or may not be listening to this her older brother when her parents were out of town bought a bear from a catalog a bear from a catalog yeah That's two weird things in one sentence. It was either the 60s or 70s, but they bought a bear as children. What catalog was this? Can I have a copy? Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel like, you know, things were way cooler. Well, (laughs) everyone was just smoking weed. Of course you could just build a catalog out of animals. Just buy zoo animals out of a catalog. (laughs) So they literally bought a bear and they kept it in their playroom and it escaped one day. And then it ended up at the Cincinnati Zoo and then it died. But... This was a long time ago, but so they—I mean, it truly happened. They bought a zoo animal, and then their parents let them keep it because, like, what the hell else are they going to do? That's the stuff that they need to teach us in history class. Because when I hear that it was like the era of psychedelic drugs, sure, I don't hear. Oh, you could just buy an animal out of a magazine, like Sky Mall. Keep a zebra in your bathroom. It's like. Sky Mall, <laughs> The best of tabula. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm always waiting up on SkyMall. Oh yeah, mall. you can buy like $300 gnomes, like garden gnomes in SkyMall. Okay, so let's just pretend and, that like buying and selling monkeys in the 60s was a normal Sure, thing. so that's what happened. And speaking of normal things, he had everyone in his church call him either father or dad. Uh, he described himself as Christ and announced at one point that he considered himself God. Hmm. And he also took a lot of drugs, may or may not be related. <laughs> uh, well, we weren't just discussing that at all. Speaking of the '60s, um, so he had this like crazy paranoia, and he was convinced that the FBI and CIA were after him, which like they probably should have been if they were not. I feel like if I'm a cop and someone's importing monkeys and I know about it, I'm not doing my job right if he's not in jail, right? And is also like the head of a cull where he thinks he's Jesus Christ. But yeah, call me know. Daddy and I'll sell you a monkey. Minor details. <laughs> 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 oh, that sounds about right. Uh, so he heard that there was this expose about his, because his church was kind of growing, and, like, from the outside it looks like, okay, he's just creating some, you know, religious group and whatever, standard 60s procedure, I guess. I want to join the religion where monkeys are above. Yeah, I know, but he left the monkeys behind okay. and decided that before they printed this article about him, he was going to move his entire cult to Guyana. Of yeah. the South holiest America. of lands, <laughs> <laughs> so he said, he took hundreds of his members. He had hundreds of members at this point. Flew them all down to Guyana in 1973. He found a remote section of jungle some i don't they didn't have the internet or like zillow back then so i don't know how yeah, he. so he just said find me in jungle <laughs> he's like i found an airbnb <laughs> in guyana uh, and <laughs> leased it from the government which whatever and he called it jonestown because i guess back in the 60s you could also just create towns named after you could just christopher columbus whatever the hell you wanted exactly. like, here it is so jonestown was his like utopian quote-unquote settlement um so he moved hundreds of people down there And over time, people kept coming. Um, And did they ever tell you how many? Yes. And considering the ending of the story, you will find out how many people ended up being a part of this fun (laughs) church. I know the ending. I can't wait to get there. (laughs) Exactly. So hundreds of people are kind of like flooding into this place. Um, and it was not as utopian as people had expected. So there, it was like a small amount of space. They didn't have enough cabins for everybody. So there were all these bunk beds. They were basically like crammed in. They had to work these crazy long shifts every day, uh, like 11, 12 hour days. Um, they were generous- Again, it still sounds like yeah, Los Angeles. It's like our lives, you yes. LA. <laughs> know. Without the exotic monkeys. Right. Um, just, a, just a better LA then. <laughs> so the cabins were also gender specific so like married couples were split up Mm. Um, the heat was just miserable, so people were getting sick. Um, and this guy, I guess he was just like kind of going nuts, and he was doing a lot of drugs at this point. So he was spending a lot of time talking into a loudspeaker over the PA system. So people just had to spend all day and night listening to him kind of rant about like his philosophies. Oh, the worst, I know, like my own personal hell. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but so they were surrounded by jungle and armed guards, so they like had enough, like nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so enter congressman leo ryan so this guy is he a good guy or a bad guy he's a good guy good i can't wait to hear all about him his name is leo and he was a congressman from the u.s and he <laughs> heard. congressman leo really congressman leo's name was leo and <laughs> he was a congressman he worked wow. in congress um so he heard kind of like these reports coming back that jonestown was a little fishy mm-hmm. and people family members of the people who were there were like can you please like Go fucking check out what's happening to my sister-in-law mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. So he was like, I'm going to go investigate. So he brought his advisor, an NBC film crew. Good for him. I know. I get that show on. I know. And even relatives who wanted to come with and see, like, what was up with their family. Okay. Who were concerned. So he shows up, and everything, like, looks okay. They put on this show for him. And he's like, okay, it's nice So they knew dad. he was coming. He didn't just, yes. like... Yeah, they knew he was coming. Okay. He I don't just, know like, how they him. I mean, I'm... Like a millennial, I don't understand how people communicated before cell phones. I think about that all the time. Right? I think about that all Dude, the time. Letters from—is there a post office in the jungle in Guyana? Like, how, do you just you just hope someone airmails it one day? Yeah, and it'll get to you in like a year. I don't know. Like how maybe it works. Morse code. Yep. Maybe. Well, my thought that I had with my Uber driver <laughs> that I had a couple weeks ago, he was he and I agree with him. He was like, can you? Like, what, did the, what was the world like before... Like, we were the first generation that just started immediately independently on credit cards. Like, we never just carried around... Like, I carried around cash when I was, like, 14. Sure. But the second I fled the coop, I already had a credit card. Right. Same. And... But before credit cards, like, people just... What, you just have wads of money? Or, like, did you just keep it in the bank and you always had your checkbook on you? I guess that's... I guess. But, I mean... I guess you... Did you... Were there ATM. I mean, you had ATMs. You, we couldn't have an ATM if you don't have a card. Oh, wait. What debit card? Okay. You I, don't have cards. Cards right, are not There's no cards. Okay. There's cash and then there's... You hide kits. your money under your mattress. Because ca- remember, people used to be like, cash or check? That was... Uh, you know what I mean? I guess you literally just had a ton of checkbooks. I mean i guess that's why our parents used to freak the fuck out if they were like oh i lost my checkbook and to me i'm like cool like i don't even i've never touched one like sorry like (laughs) i i i use my checkbook once a month to sign away my rent oh yeah Other, I've never needed every time I write a check I have to google how to write a check because I forget because I only do it like once a year also this is why our parents drink in case anyone was wondering <laughs> this is why our parents drink because of the conversations we have. you know what I was asking earlier like how did you disappoint your parents this week right you just did I did <laughs> a <thousand>. I yeah. <laughs> just just take a sip I just gotta go gotta go just just drink straight from the box hey, listen at least I didn't murder a bunch of people okay that's true okay yeah. Take it okay. away. Take it away before we embarrass ourselves. So this guy, <laughs> it it's only a matter of time. So this guy, <clears throat> this Congressman Leo shows up and they're like, oh, everything's fine and happy and wonderful. And they schedule this dance at the pavilion because there's a pavilion. And while he's there at this pavilion and thinking, okay, things aren't, I guess, as bad. Someone slips him a note and it has a list of names on it of people who want to leave. Mm. And he realizes that there are people that are being held against their will. So he goes, okay. I gotta fix this. So, he makes this big announcement. And he says, anyone that wants to leave Jonestown can come with me back to America, like no harm no foul. I'll take you back with me. Um, and only a few people, like I think it was a like twenty-something, um, said, okay, like we want to leave. Right. And they decided to go. Like, get me out, right? And before that, you needed this guy Jim Jones' permission to leave. So they were like, we want to go with you, um, but everyone else was kind of too scared to go against. So the, there's probably more than twenty. Their leader, right? Okay. So, they loaded these people up on a truck to the airport. So, he was going to stay behind and make sure, like, no one else wanted to leave and everything was fine. But as they were getting ready to go, this guy runs up and grabs him and tries to slash his throat. Ah. <laughs> <Casually>. Oh, no. <laughs> Surprise. Um, like, he was, like, a, basically, like, he a... He was, like, a member and he was, I guess, brainwashed or... Oh, he was, like, he was, like... One of the, the devout. Yes, exactly. And he was, like, you're screwing up our whole cult. Jones Jonestowners exactly Down, Jones townies right wouldn't it be Jones like a town? townie like a yeah. townie like a townie yeah we'll I'll just yeah. give him a nickname so many decades That's after this happened a cute nickname for someone who's trying to slash I someone's throat Jones townie so he was like I'm gonna slash your throat but he the he was tackled <laughs> by a bunch of people and they were like you can't like fucking kill somebody right a congressman so this guy Leo was like okay I gotta go like this is not a safe place so he is like I'm getting on this bus with you guys um to the airport they get to the airport and their plane is delayed. They're waiting for their plane. Are actual at an actual airport in the I jungle? Think it's like an or strip. A strip maybe? I don't know. Okay, so like, there's, there's a like... plane coming to get them, so. it's okay, so probably like a, just in like a blank part of the woods. Sure, exactly. There's the just jungle. like some ground where a plane is gonna land. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know how planes work. <laughs> <laughs> you know how the jungle works. They just land. And... <laughs> the jungle on their freaking tarmacs. <laughs> so he's like, they're waiting for their plane. Uh huh. And all of a sudden, a truck from Jonestown shows up, and these uh, members no. have guns, yeah. and they start shooting, No, and they killed a bunch of people. Not all of them. There were a couple of survivors, but most people oh, were no. killed. NBC, like a camera They were guy, so close. Uh, like journalists, uh, the congressman, Leo, unfortunately, was killed. No. Uh, well, one. that probably actually helped the world when they were like, oh, they, you killed a congressman. No, oh. Not quite, because... So, as this is happening, jo- Jim Jones assembled everyone in the <sighs> pavilion. And he said, you know what? He's freaking out. He's like, something is going to happen at the airport. He goes, I'm not behind it. The airport. He, it, quote, unquote. <laughs> the jungle airport. jungle, The jungle, <laughs> the jungle uh, runway. Jungle so, airways. <laughs> <laughs> My milkshake is basically gone, by the way. I'm already stressed eating you're about this. You're a little loose-knit here. <laughs> I am. <know>, let's go. <laughs> so, he says... There's going to be a t- an attack at the airport, and he goes, "I'm not behind it, of course not." Right. But someone is going to attack this congressman, and do you know what will happen when the U.S. finds out that their congressman was attacked? They're going to come down on us, and they're going to torture us and kill us, and we got to do something about it. Oh. Uh, so he found out then. Someone told him, like, "Yeah, Congressman Leah Ryan has been killed," and he said he started losing it, and he was right. Like, there's actually creepily enough. There's uh, like a tape of this, <gasps> and they have like an audio recorded. Yeah. So there's a tape of him explaining to everyone. Oh! I know it's really fucked up. I'm I really have transcribe it. It's really scary. So he says the group has no choice but to commit a revolutionary act, quote unquote. He said it is not suicide. Oh, it is a no. revolutionary act. Um, and he says, you know, we gotta end our lives here. He says if. If the U.S. comes in, if, like, he kept calling them them, like, if they come right, in. Right, doing, like, the us, the, the. Exactly. Us and right. them. Like the dehumanizing, like, their. Right, right, like, right. Making them an, an out group. Yeah, and he said they're going to come in and torture our babies and kill us and. Right, he's saying this is, like, the better order, yeah. A better. Right. S- like, like get out now before I... we find out how bad it gets. Exactly. So there's this one woman. Her name's Christine Miller. She has the same name as me, and also she has the same birthday as me. Which Oh how did you research yeah, her specifically? You her? Yeah, because she was the one who said, No, like we're not doing this. Mm. So she was like the Rosa. She was great. She was this uh African American senior who had come on board uh-huh. with his group and she went down with him and she apparently there was a history of her just like speaking her mind, which no Good one for else, her. right, and no one right. else was allowed to do this, and no one else was allowed, like she was allowed, or she just didn't she give just shit. did it, and like he didn't. Like there were people, um, like she was known to be like just like right, the one like who she spoke, spoke her mind, and like other people who were troublesome. Uh, were put in sensory deprivation boxes <gasps> they were drugged in the medical quote, medical unit um oh no some people were threatened to be shot on the spot and buried in the jungle uh so oh. she like was going against everything she's brave as shit yeah, exactly. if someone was like oh we could just shoot you in the head and i'd bury be like you. Whoop, my mouth is <laughs> exactly and there was a time when he actually held a gun to her head and she said shoot me but you'll have to respect me first and i guess she did <gasps> that three times and finally hate back down so this lady's a fucking that- badass oh my god where is she today well she was like 70 when this happened so okay so she's about a million years geez. old she did but i just feel like she's my namesake and mom and dad i know you didn't hate <laughs> me after her but i'm just gonna pretend you did wow uh, <laughs> i don't have a namesake that cool and we have the same birthday i feel like it's really fitting or really... Or just, like, not fitting, and I just wish it were fitting. Or destined. Let's just with destined. Well, I hope not, because her fate was not really great. So she Oh, so she said, had, Eventually, she stood up one too many times? Well, yes. So she said... She fought back. And there's a tape of this, too, and it's in the <gasps> transcript. And she said, you know, what about the children? And he said, if they were left behind, they'd be tortured and killed, and it's just not safe. And she said, like, we can't kill the children um and he was like you're wrong like this is part of our belief system and she tried to use his own beliefs against him but he just was not good having girl, it. Good girl. not having it oh. so finally the crowd actually turned on her and was like you're done and so like came in and he said okay leave her alone but like this is still happening so she kind of gave up because she had nothing like no i mean there were a thousand people there whatever but nobody was going to be on. her. at side. this point did she just know she was going to die yeah, so she. Oh no. So I mean, again, speaking of uh, drink the Kool-Aid, they brought out large bats. Uh-huh. It was actually Flavor Aid, uh, not Kool-Aid, oh. off-brand. Guess they got it from the Dollar yeah. Tree. They couldn't even spring for the name brand, but <laughs> God forbid, Flavor Aid laced with cyanide. What flavor? Like, yeah, that's kind of. I a imagine crush it's grape. I always imagine. Really, I always think cherry. I mean, so I assume a better flavor. I just well because the Kool Aid man. Well, Grand, this is flavor right, so who knows what his man what his cousin <laughs> is up to. <laughs> but I, every time you see the Kool Aid guy, he's red. So I just assume all Kool Aid in that's general is red. That's a really good red. point. But maybe their branding had to like move. Well, maybe flavor is always purple. It doesn't really matter. I'm I'm really interested to know, <laughs> but. I mean, there's no. I always assume it's either cherry, grape, or then like that blue tropical fruit raspberry. Right, right. If they had that in like the '70s, I don't know. But yeah. So anyway, they brought out these large ads of Flavor Aid Mm -hmm. laced with cyanide and Valium, and I'm like, where are they getting enough (laughs) Valium? Valium. You you can afford Valium for thousands of people, but thousands or hundreds, like a thousand. enough can you imagine getting a dosage of valium strong enough to kill you for a thousand people but you're gonna go for flavoring men women and children right well and god forbid and cyanide like where are they getting this and the other crazy thing is that they had practiced drills before like they had done this many times so Mm -hmm. it's unclear whether people there knew this was a (gasps) that's a great point they didn't even realize they had done drills where he said like this is what happened like And then 45 minutes in, he would say, it's just a drill. There's no cyanide in your Kool-Aid, whatever. So they've done this before several times. So nobody knows if they even knew they were about to die. Well, I know. I feel like, I mean, if you're doing drills, like no one's doing drills to drink Kool-Aid in an emergency. You know, if you, like, jumped into a jungle and they were like, here's here's your drill. Like, we got to practice this at the worst case scenario. This is what we're going to do. And they just brought out vats of poison-free Kool-Aid. But they would do that. Like, he would wake them up at, like, 3 in the morning and be like, they're coming for us. They're coming for us. Everyone drink it. And they would drink it and feed it to their children. Yeah, and but, then like, what like, were, what if were they, they? Like, yes, I, I get that. But, like, they had to know that that... Oh, that it was coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, well, they had to know that, like, that plan was, so they it, could kill exactly. Themselves. Okay. Well, and the, like, uh, you don't just think the people are coming. Let's have a fucking <laughs> rager with slavery <laughs> <Exactly. thwavore. laughs> and feed it to our infants. Yeah. Well, but the thing was. Like, people were dying. There was a thousand people. So, people were dying as people were in line to get their drinks. Ah, so, they knew. They saw it so, eventually. You know, um, I don't mean to keep interrupting you. No, please do. Except my favorite thing to do is speak over you. So, I <laughs> <used> to it. <laughs> um, no, I, so I watched a documentary on this before. I wasn't really paying attention. The only thing I remember mm. is the end because that was what <laughs> I heard about. Kind of important. Yeah. Um, but you're probably going to get into this, but they weren't just drinking it. Did you, did, is that, did you know about this? I don't I'm about so. to like drop some shit Do on it. you. Some knowledge. Um, no, so the people who I guess like Christine Miller, who. The centers. Like, the, the people who like were a part of the resistance essentially. Sure. Where they're like, I don't want to die. They were then grabbing them out of the line, holding them out and injecting it into them. Oh, I heard that. I heard that was a theory. No, that's I a... I don't know if it's a... In the in the documentary, it happened. And By documentary, it was one of those, like, um, like a reenactment movie. Yeah. So yeah. It wasn't really a documentary. It was, like, they, they made a movie about it, and there was a giant scene where they had, like, mothers who didn't want their kids to die. They were ripping the kids away, and then the mom had to watch the kid drink it, and then they held her down and injected right. it. Right, right. That I, was the part that... I do know they made the dissenters, dissenters go right? first, because... They, they, and they also had armed guards with guns, so they were like, you either do it or we'll shoot you. But, but they, <laughs> oh they said, God. and there were actually a couple of people who escaped, but I don't know much about that, but they kind of reported, but I mean a couple, as in like two or three. Um, but they actually, the children, they took syringes and poured it into their mouths no. because. Like like a baby who Just can't right. because they couldn't uh, drink. So they were see, you put something in, in their, their mouth, mouth; they're gonna drink it. And so they did the they did the dissenters first because they were like, "We got to get rid of them before." That's so sad. And so they died. And then all the believers, quote unquote, went afterwards. So it was because left you a, could trust that they were right. gonna do it. Um, you know, but bef- I wonder. Like I understand that there were some who were so brainwashed that they were like proud to do it at the right. end, and there were some people who, from the beginning, didn't want to do right. it and were force of course but i i'm curious about that middle ground of people who they were total believers until this day and they were like oh like children are dying (laughs) they're like i gotta do what (laughs) literally pouring poison cyanide into infants like maybe i i wonder how they felt like because that's just like that's that's an instant realization that you can't fix right It's It's like, oh, this isn't a rumor. This is how this is happening. And every nine hundred and twelve people were killed that day, including two hundred and seventy-six children. Two hundred seventy-six children. Awful. Almost a third. And so, the Jones, like Jim Jones himself, was actually killed by a single gunshot wound, and no one knows if it was self-inflicted or if someone, like, no one knows. I mean. Presumably, the movie I watched, he killed himself. Presumably, they say, like, he probably killed himself, but there's no way to know, because literally everyone was dead. Mm-hmm. So they actually brought the Air Force in with crews to tag and clear the bodies. 900, they came in and they literally just saw a field of 912 dead people. Where's your dog? There's my dog. His name is Gio. <laughs> I think he he probably just imagined seeing a field of 900 <laughs> bodies. He needs a lot of attention. <laughs> That's horrible. I mean, I couldn't imagine walking onto a jungle. Terrifying. Nine hundred. That's gonna scar you for life. So is that, that the end of that story? Yeah, they. I mean, literally, they just drank the fucking flavorade, which I'm gonna say now instead of Kool Aid, <laughs> and I'm gonna tell everyone that it's accurate. I feel like I'd be. I mean, this is not their first thought, but my thought is, if I have to go, I don't want the last thing I drink to be flavorade. It is sad, right? You know, like, at least give me like. A glass of wine, like like the Valium, so clutching. put some Valium in my wine, (laughs) and I'll be. That's a typical Tuesday for you. (laughs) Might as well be doing the Jonestown massacre. What do we know? Anything that happened afterwards? So, there was one lady in the U.S. who who was a member who didn't make it down there, and she still till the day she died said, "I wish I had been there with (laughs) my colleagues to commit suicide with them." But no, I mean, she was the only known case who said. I should have. Like, she there. was jealous. They yeah, exactly. died. Yeah, exactly. Like, I should have been there. Um, she alone is the reason I drink, drink after yeah, this. Exactly. Story. Well, anyway, is that why you drink? That is literally why I drink. <laughs> that's probably why you were drinking last night when you did this research. Always. And you're like, oh, they just inject Flavor Aid with cyanide into it. Gulp, gulp. It's a little children. If I ever need a reason to drink, that's it. You know, the whole, the the main reason I won. Wanted to do this podcast is because we both, without the microphones, talk about just how messed up the world is. It's so messed up. (sighs) So I'm glad that we now have a reason to drink publicly. Yeah, we can... Instead of just doing this in... In the shadows. This is just us making an excuse for why we drink milkshakes and wine on a regular basis. So anyone listening... Hi, Mom. Uh, Hey, Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, our two fans. (laughs) Uh, We chose to do this and name it and that's why I drink purely because all we talk about are stories like this and at the end we realize that our milkshakes and bottles of wine are empty so yes yeah. must be why we it's drink the trigger <laughs> <laughs> it's the sauce I just can't get out of it well that was a great story that was now that it's now that the damage is done how do you think your parents will respond to this since we just we talked about other people's yeah. misery let's hear what do you think the first phone yeah. call after listening I to this podcast will be i think i'll get one because i don't <laughs> i don't think i'll be thrilled <laughs> um the first thing my mother will do <laughs> she will she's really good at doing like the three-point argument thing <laughs> well she's a, she's also uh she speaks for a living like goes on stage and just says whatever she wants and Damn. people have to listen to her that's a dream job. Except it's about financial retirement. So, oh, yeah. You know, not, not my favorite topic. Not quite. But so she's really good after 30 years of doing it. How to, how to you know, form an opinion oh, and so do it as, like, politely sure. as possible. She's while going critique. So, right. The first thing she's going to do is be like, I want to start with something good um <laughs> because her thing is always give two positives and a negative oh do a positive first then a negative and then end on a high note so they forget the yeah, yeah, you do the, the, the valley that's it right, that. right, right she will be like i thought you did a great job i don't know christine i love christine though i think she did a great job too i love you too <laughs> she is gonna be like i noticed there was some swearing and you to remember that this is something everyone's listening yes, to. My parents are not going to be into that part. And I'm going to say, I don't fucking care. I was not allowed to say crap. When I was little I remember the day I was allowed To start saying crap I was 10 years old And I said crap Probably 50 times And one day <laughs> Your parents were like You are now allowed Like <laughs> was it well, Like when I, you turned 10 Yeah like, my stamp of approval <laughs> No I said it And then I looked at them And it was the first time They didn't react And I was like uh. I was like I guess we're <laughs> Guess we're in this For the long haul now My mom's rule Was I could start swearing Once I got to high school Which also I know my mother well enough To know that she has She's already We haven't even put this On the air yet And she's already promoted it probably to her mother so now my grandmother is hearing some insider (sighs) she's also not happy my (laughs) My grandma is gonna tell me that ladies don't swear especially on the air and i'm gonna say sorry but i'm not gonna sorry um she i don't know she's gonna be proud but she's She's gonna pick who she shows this to. My parents are gonna be really worried about my mental health. But I feel like that's like, valid. <laughs> my mother's aware of my mental yeah, health and the fact say. that it's steadily declining. Yeah, it's about time to figure it out. Well, I think it's gonna go well. My I think I think hopefully a friend listens to this one day and then at least pretends to have liked it. So friend. I can be like, wow, me. Oh, today at Starbucks when I was doing all my research. Uh-huh. Um I was sitting next to a girl, and I was praised about the Winchester house. Like, I was writing—I had—I brought two different notebooks, and I brought this little notepad. (laughs) My handy-dandy notebook. And I had them all sprawled out on a table and looked like I was figuring out a a, a true crime. (laughs) I had, like, numbers and symbols, (laughs) and uh, I I just looked like a lunatic. And I had, like, my headphones on listening (laughs) to music, and so I couldn't hear her, but she was—when she— like tapped me on the shoulder i like probably like darted at her like i just like looked like crazed (laughs) like she had interrupted me in like the peak of my like what i was about to figure out and um i guess she had been like watching me research like all these weird like murders and like paranormal (laughs) things and i was like oh i'm busted like she's gonna think i'm the weirdest person on earth and uh she ended up being like why are you looking at that like i've been to that house before and I was like, oh, we're starting a podcast, and I'm gonna, we're going to talk about it on the podcast. And she was like, wow, what's your podcast? So we have... Shut a, up. We have a listener. Like a stranger who... Oh, my gosh. I know. So thank you, woman from Starbucks. We love you. And also... First fan. We should probably make business cards so we can just force people to Google us. I mean, we should make business cards just so we can shove them into people's hands. Well, that also. <laughs> and I feel like at this point I should mention again that our podcast is called And That's Why We Drink. Yeah. In case you forgot. Yeah. Um, that being said, I'm glad we, we, we drank. Yeah, we. I wouldn't have gone through those stories without that. No, without exactly. A nice cup it's of like ice cream. It's like we want to talk about these things, but like you can't do it without just some like a crutch, like a right, 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 just something to keep you going. Um, well. Good. I hope other people drank along. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We really encourage that. But yeah. don't drive afterward unless you're drinking a milkshake. Then you can drive. <laughs> if you're you If want. you're Team M, you can you can drive team with M. the milkshake. Yeah, Team M. If you're can Team drive. Christine, and you're like falling over. If you're over. Team Christine, you're probably lactose like intolerant. <laughs> if you're Team Christine, you're probably already halfway through your box of wine. You're asleep by now. <laughs> <laughs> it's All right. Okay. Well, um, if you want, you can find us on Twitter. Yeah, or Facebook yeah or email and we have we have we have an email address too for you to send us your stories right about any paranormal experiences you've had cuz eventually i want to get into not just talking about famous hauntings but right. i want people to personal i think that's always more interesting those are the best ones so if you have a story about maybe being a murderer <laughs> maybe or being murdered i mean <laughs> you don't want to scare if me. you almost didn't make it and you have a story or if you're murdered and you're a ghost there's a lot of like if wow I know. That would be probably our I number one fan. cover both our bases. If you've ever been in a haunted house and had a cool story, if you've ever been anywhere, anywhere at all <laughs> in the <world. laughs> if you've been on Earth and had a haunting, ha- or you've been part of a, a conspiracy, or... If you have any cool story relating to the paranormal or true crime, please right. write in. If you have friends, which everyone besides us do... Please tell them to write in and be our friends, also, and listen to listen to us because we're only we're only doing this out of total vanity. And rate and subscribe us, please, on iTunes. Um, our Twitter handle is atwwd podcast. Our email, yeah, let's go for that. Is and that's why we drink at gmail.com. So shoot us a message. Um, Find us on Facebook. Message yes, us that way. Facebook also, and that's why we drink. We're all over. We're all over the cybersphere. You know, we're pretty. Hip. We have no friends, so <laughs> we're just really good at the internet. Please be our friend. <laughs> okay. Well, with that, uh, that was a nice podcast. That was fun. All right. Uh I guess we're gonna make another one of these puppies one day for you to listen to. So stay tuned for episode two. Bye! And, and that's, that's why we drink. drink.